Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the Lord's Supper, looking at some Old Testament passages that allude to it. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow. I have with me today Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Rickey. We're together again. We are, are. together yes. again. Without our special guest, we've had to yeah. rearrange the calendar uh, because our special guest is coaching track. And so we're shuffling around. You guys are going to get Bible studies first and controversies last. All right. That's <laughs> okay. So yeah, we jump into the Old Testament lessons. We have three of those. Three Old mm-hmm. Testament lessons. Yeah, jump into the mm-hmm. New Testament. An undefined number of New Testament lessons. We're just, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're shooting from the hip here. Yeah. And we actually are going to talk about the Lord's Supper yeah. instead of just... No, this is another exactly. introductory episode. Yeah, introductory, introductory introducing, episode, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a 20-episode series on right. the Lord's Supper with four actual episodes <laughs> worth of content. I thought about, you know, adding another, you know, wall hanging to the studio here, and but I, I thought you guys might get mad at me. It was a, a no baseball. Uh, <laughs> I would get mad. That's offensive. That is, uh, that is profane. Uh, it's baseball season. It's summer in Minnesota. It might even get up to 55 degrees And the today. Twins are doing well. And the Twins are entertaining. Yeah. And the White Sox are not. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Bat flips and controversy in Chicago. Well, the thing about the Twins is they are the only Minnesota team that has ever won a championship. Like professional False. teams. The Lynx. False. All the Lynx, yeah. No, and the Lakers. Oops. All those oh, George Mikan's Lakers were dominant. Way, 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 way and back in, in the And in fact, day. the Gophers football team won several national championships. Okay, please forgive me if oh, I offended I didn't know that. anybody yeah. by not remembering that back or knowing Back in the 60s that, and the 30s. Claim, hmm. Bronco Nagurski. Yeah, please forgive me for that then. I so, nice try, absolutely though. Absolutely wrong. That's why this isn't it's, a sports talk yeah. podcast. Well, and I'm not the guy to be talking <laughs> yeah. about it anyway. It's so. mostly the Vikings. Talk about <laughs> hockey when I was playing hockey, then yeah, sure, you know, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, or music. Well, talk about music, and we're good. Hey, to go, we got so. yeah, we got Prince in Minnesota. I'm not a huge fan. Nope, actually, I probably will get me stoned when I walk out of the studio. <gasps> I got to I'm, meet him, and I, I worked around him a lot. So I, yeah. when I was in the audio industry, so I could never get into Prince. I don't. It's I don't see the appeal. You know, he's an amazing musician. Um, I actually worked for uh, his drummer at the time. I was his personal studio technician, and that's kind of how I got into audio. And uh, so, yeah, I've been around him. I mean, the guy's an amazing musician. He, whether you like his style or not, he was an amazing musician and um, just really committed to to music. Um, hmm. and, yep. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I recognize he was an amazing talent, but it's a yeah, style thing. Right. So it's now, not my we, we, if yeah. we if we have a big drop in listenership, I blame me. It's like the cranberries. You think she's good? I think uh, the cranberries are awesome, and her voice is remarkable. Yeah, the cranberries are where it's at. Man. You say remarkable, uh, I say unique. So yeah, right. Yeah, special. That's the that's, uh, that's a Minnesota way of saying. But yeah, you know, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely a subjective thing. Um, but I'm thankful. So thankful for music. But. No. Anyway, cool. Well, but I'm also thankful yeah. for the Lord's yes. Supper. It's, it's, <laughs> I think go. it's time to get into the <laughs> the topic wait at a, hand. Wait, 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 we've uh, only burned three minutes so yeah. far. So well, we, should, we should start getting into it. <laughs> oh, he's uh, on task today. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's right. not the loose cannon he was last no, two weeks. Last that's <laughs> uh, and I, I'm, I'm not feeling super great, but. So, um, more down to business. I don't sound like Brian did last couple episodes yeah. of Barry White. Um, Man, it was yeah. It took me about a, over a week 
to get my voice back. In mm-hmm. fact, after the podcast, I was talking to you guys, I literally lost any ability to speak for two days. I, I think it's hilarious that I am both fat and in a walking boot, and I'm the healthiest person in this room. So, <laughs> Oh, faces made for radio. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, uh, from Exodus 12, uh, before we get any further, um, we're going to read the section here about the Passover. And then, as we've been talking about, make connections to the Lord's Supper and uh, and see that from Scripture. Pull out... Um, Pull out the meaning of Scripture, um, expose it, and uh, observe it and and receive it. So uh, let's go into uh, Exodus 12. I'll read verses 1 through 13. And it says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses. A lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted in the fire. With unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt." Here ends the reading of God's word. Amen. 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 All right. Passover, Lord's Supper, the Lord's Passover, Lord's Supper. Where do we go from here? Yeah. So one question that our listener might be asking is how in the world does this connect to the <laughs> yeah, Lord's Supper? Right, yeah, right. Well, yeah. And, and I think the first thing we ought to do uh, is not to overconnect communion to the feast of Passover. And in, in, in this sense, I'm greatly... Uh, indebted to Dr. Jeffrey Gibbs's commentary on Matthew, uh, his two-volume commentary. This, is, of course, would be on Matthew 26 in the words of institution. Uh, Dr. Gibbs has an excellent section on kind of parsing out the role that Passover played mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, Christ instituting the Lord's Supper mm-hmm. on the night before his death, things like that. And, yeah. and one of the things he says is we need to make sure that we do not make it a one-for-one equivalent. Yeah. So what do you mean by that, like a one-to-one equivalent? Well, it's Passover, Passover is not communion, and communion is not Passover. There mm-hmm. hasn't been a—it's uh, not the same thing. Mm-hmm. They don't communicate the same thing. Uh, there are plenty of— differences for us to note. Uh, similar to circumcision baptism? Similar to circumcision yeah. baptism. I think, Brian, we were talking before the episode started, and you said maybe it's appropriate to look that Passover has been subsumed into, into yeah. communion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's a correlation, 
but it is not an exact correlation. No, and it's not just just communion. It's the whole of the atoning sacrifice of Christ, which we use. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we are called <laughs> to participate in the Lord's Supper in remembrance of this, mm-hmm. proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so um, it's all of it, you know, and so it's it's interesting. And as we think about that word subsumed, um, it's not that it's eradicated, it's just fulfilled and realized in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Passover mm-hmm. has been fulfilled, and then what Christ has done is he has started something new mm-hmm. that is, of course, related to what happened, but is different. I mean, one, one of the things we would take note of, and, and I'm still pondering its significance, if, if Christ wanted an even closer relationship, he would have had a piece of lamb on the fork, and mm-hmm. he would have said, this is my flesh. Mm-hmm. And the image would have been stronger because Christ also is the Lamb of God yeah. who takes away the sin of the world. But instead, he takes the bread. And, and so we would uh, we would be careful how we talk about how Passover is mm-hmm. related. Now, there are several elements of the Passover feast yeah. and of the institution yep. of Passover that both point us to Christ right. and prepare us for right. communion. And that's probably where we ought to be spending most of our time yeah. here in Exodus 12. And, and as we get going in this, what has been your your guys' experience with, um, oh, I don't know how to say it, the the Passover meals? The Seder? The, the Seder, Christian, Seder. Christian Seder meal, yeah. yeah. Well, we, we all three of us have a common friend mm-hmm. uh, who is a... Uh, ethnically Jewish, mm-hmm. but as a Lutheran pastor, and he's carved out a great ministry mm-hmm. uh, out of explaining this. Now, again, there are a lot of similarities and a lot of, at the very least, what we could call happy coincidences with what's going on. Uh, Gibbs, in his commentary, makes note, and, and I think Lutherans and, and all Christians especially would be good to kind of pump the brakes because Gibbs says, what we know about the Passover feast of Jesus' time and of Jewish practice is almost nothing. And so if you've ever been to a Christian Seder or a Passover explained mm-hmm. according to Christ, a Passover Seder explained according to Christ, you know, you'll, you'll get a lot of like the matzah bread is both striped mm-hmm. and pierced, yeah. you know, right. and, and well, Sure, that's great, and and it's there's significance to which cup of the Passover Jesus used when he instituted communion. We don't know the order. We we know uh, a lot about the Passover feast that goes on right now for mm-hmm. modern day Jews, but what we know of the Passover feast from two thousand years ago is, is pretty minuscule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. You for you, Brian? Have you had? Um, but my predecessor, mm-hmm. uh, who was an, an interim pastor, um, would do that. They would have uh, those satyrs, I guess, Christian satyrs. And um, though I find it, I, I do find it interesting. I also kind of agree with, with Jason, and I think that we have to be very cautious because we're kind of filling in the blanks to some information we don't really have. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I... I want to stick to what what Christ yeah. has commanded us to do, and so I don't personally participate in those things. I think they can be good, but I think that there is um, how do I say this without sounding offensive? <laughs> I think, That's usually my problem. I know. And so, oh, please, yeah, yeah. if I offend someone in what I'm about to say, right, Jason? Um, yeah. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, um, I, I mean this with grace, love, and mercy. And I know that um, Israel is God's chosen people, and there's a significance and a reality to that that I respect and, and, and admire in, in how 
God has chosen to reveal it throughout Scripture. Mm -hmm. But I have to take the words of Christ as more important. He is Jewish. Mm -hmm. Uh, He came from the lineage of David. He came to fulfill and realize everything Mm -hmm. the Passover feast stood for, in that God's um, wrath would pass over those who identified with the blood of the Lamb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's Jesus for us. You're, so you're hanging on, out with the real thing as opposed to the shadows. You know, yeah. on, the, on the night in which Jesus was betrayed in all four Gospels, he took bread. And after he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, mm-hmm. take and eat, this is my body. Yeah. In a similar manner, he did that with the cup, this is my blood. Uh, I would focus more on, and I do choose yeah, to focus right? more on, what Christ accomplished through his life, death, and resurrection for us as New Testament believers, and how that applies to every tribe, every language, every nation, every tongue, mm-hmm. and how we as I'm a Gentile by, yeah. by heritage, how now I have become part of the Jewish family grafted into the vine yeah, right. of Israel because of what Christ has done. As um, Paul says in Galatians 3, if you are baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ, and you are an heir according mm-hmm. to the promise, you are Abraham's offspring. Yeah. And I celebrate it's that. Amazing. That yes. reality that, that I'm, since I'm not Jewish, I celebrate the Lord's Supper in that Christ has paid it all. And just focusing on his great work and what scripture mm-hmm. reveals. Awesome. So that's yeah. me. Good. I think that makes for a good summary. The, the, mm-hmm. A Jewish or a Christian explanation of the Seder meal can be helpful. It can be useful and instructive, but it's not absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's you know, we can leave it at that. The other thing, and, and I would say, and maybe this will be along those lines of not intentionally trying to be offensive, but highlighting something that is a concern. There is a tendency, especially in American Protestant Christianity, of really trying hard to over-Jewishize yeah, our yep. faith. Uh, that somehow it's validated if we can connect it back to Old Testament practices. And there's a beauty to that, you know, where we look as best we can um, in in Christ's parables and Christ's life through Jewish eyes, as best as we can as modern Western white European Americans, you know? And so in in interpreting scripture, it it is, it is something we should really take note of. We need to remember that. But we do have a little bit of what I would call an unhealthy love affair. Yeah. With, with all things Jewish mm-hmm. in that, like you said, maybe that doesn't represent what Jesus did. We don't know. And so we, we tend to find a love affair in something we can't validate. Yeah. And I think that can be harmful sometimes, mm-hmm. not all the times, but if we're not stopping where scripture stops and mm-hmm. we're kind of adding to things, I, I think it's time to say, you know what? Let's just look at what Jesus did that night. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's, I mean, in, in, we go back, it's, you know, the, there's been fads about getting back to the Jewish feasts. Yeah, there's right. been fads about getting back to the Levitical laws. Yeah. Um, we know fundamental Christianity really cherry picks the, the Levitical laws based on what they find, you know, that's where they get the no tattoo prohibition and, and things like this. Uh, and, and I have a pastor friend of mine who points out the same chapter that prohibits the don't tattoo your body also regulates the type of underwear you can wear. And, and he's never heard a pastor talk about that, right? Uh, so we have to oh, be careful. Sermon series. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have to be careful. But the, again, a key here, and it, it makes for a good lean into an exegetical study of Exodus 12. Yeah, we kind of need to get there. The, 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 the historical reality of what the Jews were doing 
uh, even in being delivered from Egypt and even, you know, it's types and shadows pointing us to Christ yes. and fulfilled by Christ. Yes. And, yes. and so that's yeah. where the substance is. Yep. The substance is And so the Christ. point of connection mm-hmm. is what it pointed forward to. Yeah. And then the and church in communion, flows what's from been, that. been yeah. realized in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it pointed forward to the atoning sacrifice of Christ and we celebrate in communion. Mm-hmm. That's the point of connection. Yeah. It's Jesus. Yeah. And, yeah. and there is every indication that the saints of the Old Testament were the ones who believed in the promise that what they were doing was pointing forward to the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we kind of cling to. And so now we can get back into Exodus 12 mm-hmm. with all of our disclaimers. And Yeah. Well, it, and I guess my question is, what are the connecting points in this passage? You know, what are the handles that we can grab hold of uh, pointing to the Lord's Supper or or any anything that can help us understand the Lord's Supper better um, as we study this text about the Passover. Yeah, the big meta theme here for us would be that of atonement. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, you have the atonement uh, with the lamb that was sacrificed, the blood on the lintels of the doorposts, the the Lord passed over Mm -hmm. uh, those who were covered by the blood. Uh, And that is the very truth that communion applies Mm -hmm. to us physically and tangibly, sacramentally, Mm -hmm. is that we are covered in the blood of Christ. And what what we confess with communion is that where the body and blood of Christ are, there is forgiveness for Mm -hmm. our sins. And so, you know, part of the real presence from a Lutheran perspective is that you are... Say it with me. In, in, with, with, and and under. under. That's our new... We're we're, we're sorry, vocation. We're sliding you aside for a few episodes. We're going with in, with, and under. Either that or is, means is. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it it really is. You are actually forgiven Mm -hmm. at the Lord's table, at the altar. You are actually forgiven. And that's your connection with atonement. And the center again is the Lamb of God who takes away the Mm -hmm. sin of the world. And so... The the, the blameless Lamb. The blameless Lamb, the sinless Lamb Mm -hmm. who is our substitute. And and in fact, imputation and substitution there is wonderful because you have the Lamb that was sacrificed instead of of the firstborn of the Israelites. Mm-hmm. And now we have Christ who is sacrificed instead of us as sinful human beings. Yeah, right. and, and the Lord passes over us in judgment. And in fact, mm-hmm. uh, the Lord judges us, but he judges us to be righteous because of the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, and I've even um, read several commentaries that make an allusion, and they don't push this too far, which I think is healthy not to do that. But the idea of the firstborn inheriting everything you know, and that the firstborn is being judged mm-hmm. uh, on Egypt. It's the firstborn of God, you know, mm-hmm. like Colossians says of describing Jesus as the first one raised from the dead, God's one and only son. He's mm-hmm. the one who reveals God and his plan of salvation. It's God's firstborn son who will inherit everything, but yeah. also be yeah. the sacrifice to, to take away the sin of the world. Right. Uh, and, and there are several secondary elements that connect yeah. us back to the Lord's Supper. The meal happened in it's, darkness. It's, it's a meal. Yeah. yeah the right. meal, it's a meal. Of, mm-hmm. It happened in darkness, Christ's meal. Passover mm-hmm. happened in darkness, and then he was crucified in darkness. Uh, mm-hmm. The very next verse, verse 14. But it also, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but <gasps> it, it interrupts. <laughs> it, it actually, it, it also, it, it institutes the exodus mm-hmm. yep. out of bondage. Yep. You know, and I think that's important to see that. Which is uh, the primary salvation story in the Old Testament. Yeah, because yeah. Jesus leads the second exodus mm-hmm. out of sin, death, and the power of the devil. Yep. And so that's a powerful illusion yeah. too. And then w- verse 14, it's a memorial. 
It's mm-hmm. it's it's to be remembered, and of course that's an integral part of the words of institution. A repeated this do in thing. remembrance yeah. of me. Yeah, right. not, not to suggest that communion is a memorial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but it, it, it's the same thing that we talked about with baptism. Okay, baptism isn't symbolic, but it has a symbolic value to yeah, it. Absolutely, right? yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so communion isn't symbolic, but it does have a symbolic value to yeah. it. It's not just a memorial, nope. but there, it has a memorial value to it. And, yeah, yep. you know, in, in kind of stating our cause, we're prone to overstate our cause and overlook all of these other fringe Absolutely, benefits yes. of communion. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's both. It's both and. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is right. symbolic, but it's much more because of Christ's yep. presence, the in, with, and under. Say right. it with me. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Um, how about this, you know, the... The, if you were not um, covered in the blood of the lamb, there was a judgment. And I wonder how closely that connects with, we, we're not there yet, but we'll get to 1 Corinthians 11. Yeah, to the unworthy of, cause. Of misusing the the Lord the Lord's body and blood. But also it reminds us again of the atoning sacrifice of Christ and the day that Christ returned at his second coming mm-hmm. when God will judge all yep. those yeah, and, right. and all those who are not covered under the blood of the lamb. Mm-hmm. They will receive God's wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks be to God. Those who are in Christ and baptized into Christ and continue in Christ until the day they die, mm-hmm. those people are covered by the blood of Christ, and yeah. God's wrath passes right. over us. Amazing. Yeah, and and on that level too, we would we would recognize that those who are not covered by the blood of the Lamb are excluded from the promise, which means they are cursed. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're judged, they're condemned, they're damned, and and, it, and that's kind of an uncomfortable truth for a lot of Christians yeah. to deal with. But but the glorious truth of the flip side of that coin is that the promise is freely available. The blood never runs out. There's not a you know this isn't a Jehovah's Witness 144,000 type of problem for the people of God because Christ died. He was the propitiation for the sins of the whole world. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there, there was enough atonement, enough substitution to go around. To go around. Right. Exactly, it, it doesn't run out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, amen. Yeah. Well, should we land this plane now, or what do you think? Any other closing comments? I think just is just keeping at the center of both the Passover of what it pointed forward to, mm-hmm. and what communion is rooted in, and it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It is Christ's life, death, and resurrection, yeah. his atoning sacrifice that provided salvation to any and all who are baptized in the, into Christ, continue in the faith of their baptism, and trust in Christ all the mm-hmm. days of their life. Mm-hmm. And that's what, what we all can agree on, is that it is absolutely and totally rooted in the person and the mission of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the Lord's Supper, looking at another Old Testament passage. God bless you and have a great week.